Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Wisco Weekly. This is our third episode of the Audible Tour of the LA Auto Show series. And this episode is definitely going to be geared towards women. So if you are a boyfriend, if you are a husband, if you're looking for a a woman, have her listen to this episode. When women shop for cars, they care about two things, color and cup holders. In today's episode, we get to hear from our very own co-host, Kelly Cruz, as she takes us around the LA Auto Show and gives us a review of some of her favorite cars on the perspective of their cup holders. Yes, you heard that right. Don't forget, tune in to two other episodes of our Audible tour of the LA Auto Show series, where you can hear from official product planners from the automakers give us a tour of their booth, and you can also hear an episode where we feature a gearhead and automotive enthusiast and his recommendations for sports cars for dads. If you're new to Wisco Weekly, consider subscribing as we focus on the new business models for the mobility of people and goods. The November 2020 elections are less than a year away and there will be many policies that affect how you and your goods move. So tune in, subscribe, follow along and learn more about how these policies may affect you. Now, let's start the tour. You are now tuned in to the Wisco Weekly Experience. We're continuing our coverage at the LA Auto Show and back on the mic is producer and co-host Kelly Cruz. One of the games we're going to be playing with Kelly at the auto show is we're going to be visiting some of the booths and because she likes games she has to pick one car out of all the cars that the manufacturer is presenting in their booth she has to pick one of them that she effectively wins for free so we're here at the mercedes booth kelly what car are we looking at right now all right here we are looking at the 2020 mercedes-benz glc 350e so it's a plug-in hybrid uh, it has a, a silver or champagne color on the outside that's a good description silver champagne-ish definitely and what caught my eye was the beige leather interior so when i look at cars usually i'm focusing on functionality and price uh you know my my shrewd negotiator. I don't like to overpay for cars, but like you said here, we're going for essentially a free car. So uh, this Mercedes option caught my eye, not for functionality, but for its beauty. And so the color on the outside, the color on the inside, uh, just the sleekness of the interior of the car, uh, something I would take just just for looks. Uh, And like I said, usually I would not do that. Now, something I'll probably talk about in every uh, booth or with every automaker is the uh, the cup holders because for me I always have a drink. Naturally, of course, women <laughs> always. What is it about cup holders and women? So important, especially when you're traveling with other people. Uh, so I'll always have a water, a coffee. Uh, maybe I'll end up with a third drink some somewhere along the way, depending on what I'm doing for the day. And I will say the cup holders in the front are not sufficient for my needs. Overlooking the cup holders, uh, like I said, the the car has a great look to it, interior, exterior, uh, nice screen, not as large as as some of the other 
uh, automakers were coming out with these days. Very horizontal as opposed to vertical that you would find in the Ford Mach-E, the Mustang Mach-E, or uh, even a Tesla. This is definitely more of your almost like sitting at home watching on a very widescreen television. It essentially is an oversized rear view mirror. It looks like the, the rear view mirror got, yeah. got, got yeah. moved yeah. down and increased in size. But you have a nice touchpad in the middle, which I, I tried to just touch. It takes a little tap. So the touchpad is really a tap pad. Uh, and I'm assuming you can also uh, you can also just do the touch screen itself, but it gives you multiple places to work within the functionalities uh, of the car. I will say the color combination is superb. They have like, I don't know, it's kind of like this like gray mocha chocolate mm -hmm. leather that complements the beige seats. And then again, together with that silver type of champagne exterior color, now, very, very awesome color combination. Yeah, yeah, they have, and then, and then in terms of the the seats, uh, the automatic seats, there's a, a ton of buttons, probably too many buttons, uh, but they're shaped like the, the shape of the seat itself. So you kind of know, depending on which button you push, which area of the seat you're moving, whether it be headrests, the body, the seat area. Um, you've got nice little round speakers in the front of the car that, that stand out. And um, also these, these vents here um, are one of those like multi-directional, you can lift it up or lift it down. You can turn it to the side. You can um, also then close or lock it, unlock or, you know, prevent circulation from coming in just by turning the knob that's on there. I, I will say when I got in the car and I saw the vents, I these types of vents, the look of them and it's maybe the round shape of them remind me of spa a spaceship uh, shape. And I say that because back in the day, I had a Mercury Cougar. Dennis, I don't know if you knew me when I had my Mercury I, Cougar. Mercury Cougar. I know, no, right? That's a huge car, Who talks too. about a Mercury yeah. Cougar? Um, back then, I think it was fairly compact. But th so this shape reminds me of that spaceship-style uh, air conditioning vents. But uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's luxury above the Mercury Cougar. Okay, uh, so, but, but if, now, if we look at the rear seats, then obviously for kids, Yep, whether it be for kids or backseat pa passengers. Uh, you know, I'm not usually in the backseat of my own car, but I always will check out the back seats because I like to know that passengers are comfortable or if I have to get the kids in, out, in and out, that it's comfortable. Um, seems like a pretty decent size. You know, now for, for me, I'm not a super tall person, uh, but uh, a good amount of space here in the back car. I have some knee room. Uh, if the driver needed to move forward or back or lean the seat. So check, now, check on the back seat. Now the GLC though, like many competitors of its size, while it's spacious, the rear seats are spacious for adults. When you do put a car seat back here, you do have to push the front seats up some, you know, I'd say if you were definitely above five, nine, then you're probably gonna have to push it up a bit. You're not gonna be uncomfortable in the front seats, but you're not gonna be able to kind of lounge in a big, you know, in a compact SUV in the front seats. So I would say my first concern, a car seat would certainly fit back here, is that in this beautiful beige interior that the child would be kicking the back of my seat. So I would definitely invest in some type of seat covers to uh, protect my new car. All right, so let's give it a score here, Kel. From zero to 10, you can use a 10th of a decimal point zero to 10, 10 being that you would recommend this car to moms? No, not, not considering price? Not considering price. 
because you know women and price I'm like what do women care about price <laughs> well that, that's although just a, that's not you yeah you do bring the practical side of it so yes okay i i would comment in this case that i i don't know the sticker price on that would probably be helpful to know sticker price on these cards as this we talk is probably going to be about a high 40s to low 60s car although considering it's a it's also a plug-in exactly probably more expensive yeah, yeah yeah i mean pr- I, I think more. a base model like because you know what you're seeing right now this is probably a middle to fully equipped car so this will definitely be in the maybe low 60s all right high 50s a, low 60s on a scale of one to ten i'm gonna go with an 8.1 wow strong 8.1 coming out of the gate but she is picking one car out of the fleet of cars that are at these booths so mercedes-benz glc e the the plug-in high or the hybrid gets an 8.1 from Kelly. All right, now we are at the Acura booth and looking around, there's not a whole lot of Acura cars that they're showcasing at the LA Auto Show. However, we are sitting in the latest Acura MDX. Kelly at the moment has an, has an MDX and she actually will be due for a new car next year. And so she's gonna give us her first impressions of what the latest model year looks like. Sure, so I currently have a 2018 MDX. Uh, I do like the car. I think in terms of being friendly for families, it has been that. The back seat is decent size, car seats fit well. Uh, the trunk space is good, especially if you have the third row down. Uh, the MDX does have a third row which initially was one of my requirements. And so it's great that you have the option to use it or put it down and and use more trunk space. Uh, Cup holders are decent size because we always got to comment on that. Now, it should be noted that generally speaking, at least especially with the last car we just did, the Mercedes GLC, German cup holders much smaller than Japanese cup holders, which is kind of odd because Germans German people versus like Asian people. Germans definitely a little bit bigger, a little taller. Right. Yeah, the the, the car is is roomy inside. Uh, I will say in comparing a 2018 that I have to the 2020s, from the outside, I was ready to get in and be wowed by some upgrade or change to the car. Uh, and it does look nice from the outside. When you get in the car, it, it still it, it looks fine, but there's really no changes that I can see. It's still a push button start. It's the same setup on the, the console. You have kind of this vertical uh, uh, shifter. Um, so you don't have a shifter that you hold. It's a push button shifter as well. Um, the, the screens are the same size, same setup. You have one screen for your uh, GPS up above and a screen below of about the same size for your your radio radio and and other functions. Air conditioning features. I've never been a fan of the touchscreen that Acura and furthermore Honda have produced. Yeah, I I find when I'm in the car and trying to use it, it's not always intuitive and I'm kind of fumbling around and then you're driving and it's very distracting. Uh, Some of the features it won't allow you to do while you're driving, like resetting your clock after the, uh, the, uh, you know, daylight savings time or something like that, uh, which I understand, but sometimes not the easiest to use in terms of the functionality there. But uh, again, when I'm due for a car next year, uh, Dennis and I were talking that if Acura provides a great deal or opportunity, I would certainly consider it because I I have enjoyed my my Acura MDX, but I- But otherwise the score you would give 
Again, Ranky, you're, you're giving a score recommending this to mothers who would be interested in who would be interested in selecting one particular car out of the fleet that in this case Acura is offering. See, that's tough because I would say my Mercedes rating was more off of excitement around the look of the car and therefore I gave it a higher rating. Here, because I've driven one and I have certain things I don't love about the car, I would go a little bit lower in my rating. Let's call it a 7.5. However- It's not very low. Okay, well, that, that's true. I, and, but again, I didn't want to give it too low because I think for functionality and other people looking for a family car, this is a great option in terms of size, like I said, uh, trunk space and, and, and all of that. So uh, we'll go a 7.5. 7.5. Kelly's finally excited about a particular car. She couldn't actually wait to start talking about it. We are at, dun dun dun. GMC. Right, the GMC <laughs> booth. And of course, while they have all these huge V8 trailer type of, trailer towing type of trucks, we are sitting in an Acadia. And not just any Acadia, the Denali package. Kelly, take us through. Sure, so first I will start with price on this one because my thought in coming over here was that we may have a better price option for a little bit more of a luxury feel plus the space. Now, if you start at the base model, it is affordable. It's a uh, 30,000 starting price. As Dennis said, we are sitting in the Acadia that has the Denali package, top of the line, and it jumps you all the way to a hefty $52,000 for your uh, SUV, for your family SUV. So may not go top of the line here and would wanna see what the different packages look like. But the car we are sitting in does have three rows, which is great. Uh, the second row is actually captain's chairs, which I really like because currently on my Acura MDX, the second row, uh, not captain's chairs, and it's much harder to get people in and out of the third row, car seats a little tougher, or you have to take out the car seats if you want to uh, make certain shifts or be able to pull the seats forward. Uh, you have you know, decent sized cup holders in here. I got really excited when I peeked in the car because the center console if you can picture it, has two layers. The upper layer is a little- Two levels, two levels. Two levels. Yeah. A little bit more standard, but there is a bottom level that has a decent size opening. Now, my purse would not fit in it because I carry a huge purse, but most mid-sized to small purses would actually fit underneath, or it's just a great place to store extra drinks if you have bottles of water or something to lay down. I also really like the compartment for the, the phone or your device because uh, it's a slant and it's nice to tuck your phone in there. It will not come flying out. And they make it really accessible to, to plug in a Bluetooth or to charge your phone as opposed to uh, threading the wire into the center, uh, you know, kind of the center console where you have to lift the top, which I also have to do on my current MDX. Heated and ventilated seats. That's a surprise. So not, uh, now again, we're in the Denali package, we're in the but Denali not package. a lot of midsize SUVs that I've seen uh, have offered that uh, cooling option on the seats. Uh, so overall, the looks of this car, the, the size, the functionality, uh, and uh, it has the nice beige interior in here with some gray accents. Uh, pretty nice looking car. Scale of one to 10. Ooh, I am gonna go on this one an 
8.3. An 8.3, slightly over, right? Was it, what was the Mercedes again? 8.1. 8.1, right? I'm going right? slightly over because I am adding in a cost factor and functionality here. Uh, we did not get the cost on that Mercedes plug-in hybrid, but I imagine uh, it's well above even the, the Denali model of the GMC Acadia. So now we're here at the Jaguar booth. And if you get the chance, you can take a listen to another episode where we had some of the Jaguar product specialists take us around these vehicles. But Kelly's looking around at some of the Jaguars they have here, the XE, the XJ, the F-Type, the I-Pace, I'm sorry, the E-Pace and the I-Pace. And now we're finally in the F-Pace. Yeah, I've been thinking about a Jaguar F-Pace for a while, uh, meaning it's just something that catches my eye. You kind of feel that extra luxury of being in a Jaguar. Um, the base price on these, uh, 42, 45, I think it was. So, you know, if you're kind of in that mid-range luxury vehicle option, you know, definitely something you could consider. Uh, we were just talking with a representative here in terms of the options and the luxury that you get a fair amount of options, even in the base model. We are sitting in the fully upgraded model that takes it up to a selling price of 87,000. So nearly doubling your, uh, or at least the selling price. Um, but it is a, a beautiful car. Uh, I was impressed with something very little in the car, which is uh, ambient lighting in the doors. And so there's like this red streak. It's almost like being on Virgin uh, Airlines where you kind of get that overhead red lighting that just makes you feel a step above uh, above the rest. But these seats, these are kind of they're a little bit of the racing Recaro type seats, uh, really hugs your body, kind of that modular type form. Honeycomb stitching, naturally heated and ventilated seats. Very plush. Uh, I'm sure you know, I, I got I must say the interior is it's underwhelming. Agreed. But I'm certain the drive is amazing. You you know, you've been talking about some of these other cars that you we've been looking at and even the last one, the Acadia, that the horsepower on that was a little over three hundred. It was three ten, but actually on the base model of the, the F Pace, uh the the it's three hundred on the it's a V force uh V four and or four cylinder, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh and three hundred horsepower. I think there's a V six option and then this top model that we're in is V eight. So it just depends what uh, you know, model you are in. So I would imagine at the 300 horsepower, because it's such a large car that you're not getting as much pickup, which for me personally, I like a little bit more pickup. I don't get it on the Acura MDX. And I'd be also concerned on the, the GMC Acadia, whether you get it, because again, you're in a large car with lower horsepower. Uh, I will also just comment on the, the, the moonroof. Uh, it's not always a must for me, but when you have it, it just adds a, a little bit of something extra. And here in the, the Jaguar F-Pace, you have a very large moonroof that takes up almost the full top of the car. Uh, I believe when we were in the GMC Acadia, uh, we had a double sunroof, and that was also the case in the Mercedes that we looked at. And so that's something newer I haven't seen as much, uh, but I think is, is pretty impressive. So give this a score. How, you, how would you recommend this to mothers who are interested in bargain, in luxury, in looking good in their car, feeling good in their car? Gosh, so my initial reaction 
is somewhere around a seven. And I go lower in the sense of, um, like I said, I, I think that you're going to have to pay a lot more to really get some power in this car Good and point. get certain luxuries. And I agree that the inside look is underwhelming for a Jaguar. Um, again, I think if you want to have the uh, kind of status of driving a more luxury car and go with a Jaguar, you can get into the base model for a decent price. And then maybe I would put it more at a, you know, an eight for, for those who want that status. And we are back at the Audi booth. Of course, the Audi is featured in all three episodes of the Audible Guide to the LA Auto Show. Kelly, amongst all the vehicles here, Kelly has selected one that she would choose. And she definitely has taste and she definitely has money in the bank. We are sitting in the Audi S8 L, which stands for the long wheelbase. Kelly, your thoughts. So look, I have a hard time with Audi because I've looked a couple times and my first issue with Audi is that they're they don't negotiate. So I need to get a good deal or feel like I get a good deal on my car. And anytime I've gone to Audi, it's, hey, basically the price is what it is, whether that was just the particular dealership or not, I don't know. My other complaint about Audis is cup holders and kind of storage areas tend to be minimal uh, or kind of not existent. However, when I got in this car, uh, I'm sitting in the back seat because I almost feel like I'm- Because in... that's where you should be sitting in this car. <laughs> because I feel like I'm in a limo. And as, as we started this recording, I looked up in the ceiling to find a button uh, with excitement, push the button, and it's just a rear view uh, mirror, but- that Not a some... rear view. Or, not a rear view. It's what's, a what's vanity mirror. Vanity mirror, that's the word. So for a female in the back seat to have this vanity mirror lit, uh, with lighting, uh, that's pretty impressive. It's pretty vain. Uh, <laughs> you're so vain. <laughs> but uh, the the interior of this car is is sleek. So if I was going to pick an Audi, this would be it. The trunk size is is expansive. Again, the back seat has a ton of room. You put car seats back here. The kids are not kicking the seats in, in front of them. Uh, the dashboard. Leaving their marks on the backs of the seats. Yep. The dashboard has a decent size uh, display, but it has the what's it has the uh, the Alcantara roof lining, which is kind of that like suede leather, and it also has the accent lighting, um, similar to what was uh, in the Jaguar lighting, the amb ambient lighting. So, uh, Dennis, I don't, do you know an approximate retail on this car? And I suspect this particular one on the showroom floor is top of the line as well. But Yep. So, listeners, again, you can listen to the other episode where we have one of the product uh, specialists and I think product directors actually from Audi give us a tour. But I, I believe he said that this car starts out roughly about 120 Wow. And it probably has about a forty to $50,000 increase in price if you want to get this pretty well loaded. One of the things that was mentioned in this S8L, which uh, there was a predecessor to this car in the Audi lineup called the W12, which which was stood for the fact that it was a 12 cylinder engine, that it was shaped in the form of a W. Uh, but that was the kind of very ultra luxury full size Audi sedan that is no longer available. This S8 long wheelbase has taken its place. And this one apparently comes with 
a heat foot, a, a, a heat footer, footer, foot heater. Foot heater. Foot heater. <laughs> Jesus. A foot heater. Uh, so should we go for a rating on this one? What is your rating on this one? Ooh, I am going uh, again. I'm probably not using the same type of scales here because the scale for uh, affordability or for family use, probably not ideal on this car. Uh, but again, this one's just a beauty. And if you're going to pay for it, I think you're getting a lot uh, in this car that you're paying for. I'm going to go I'm going to go an 8.0. So similar to the Mercedes in the sense that I think you're overpaying. You don't need this level of car, especially if you're you're putting kids in it. But it is a beautiful car. And uh, again, the room that is in this back seat and throughout the car is, is nothing like I've ever seen before. So you got to give a little premium for that. One of the cars, Kelly, has not been able to stop. She hasn't been able to stop talking about it. We are in the Porsche hall, the Petri hall specifically, and Kelly has found the one car amongst all the Porsches that excites her. As a matter of fact, this is probably one car that has excited her the most out of all the cars we've seen so far today. And that is we are in the Porsche Panamera E-Hybrid. Talk about expensive taste. Uh, we were in here earlier today, meaning in the Porsche Hall. And like Dennis said, I, I saw this car and it really caught my eye. It was when he said, look, you need to pick what car from this, you know, from this automaker that you like. I found this one and was confident that I liked this car and wanted to get back in it. Some of the other automakers, you know, it's like a stretch to pick one that you don't maybe love quite as much, but it's the best of that grouping. This one, um, it's just a beautiful car. Um, the The center console is a, uh, almost a touchscreen in and of itself uh, in terms of it has a lot of functionality and buttons that you can't really see until the car is on and it lights up as you use it, but the, the buttons themselves are not there unless, again, the screen lights up. So it's great. It gives it a really sleek, clean feel. You've got... Uh, Dennis, remind me what this on the steering carbon, wheel. It's a carbon fiber. Carbon fiber on the steering wheel. Uh, which just, you feel the luxury as you're, you're holding the on to the wheel and the sportiness. So it's a great overlap. The back seat, I noticed right when I got in, has its own touchscreen. I'm assuming mainly for controlling the temperature in the back. We've got to always talk about the cup holders. I mean, this car is not intended for its cup holders, I'm sure, but they do have a large and a small cup holder in the center console. Uh, so at least a little plus there. Uh, and, and all I can say is the car just looks amazing. Dennis, how unaffordable is this car? Uh, this car is probably going to sit at a price range, uh, I believe, in, in listeners, you can even listen in, in more detail from a from a dad's perspective uh, from Albert Rojas. You can check out uh, the episode where Albert uh, talked about all these sports cars that are good for dads to kind of hear the sports aspect of these cars. But nonetheless, uh, this car probably carries a price range of anywhere from about 160 to a little over 200. So not quite affordable uh, for my price range, but again, if we're dreaming or if we're thinking about what we can get in a, a, a raffle when you get to pick your favorite Porsche, this this would certainly be my pick. And your score? Oof. Beauty alone, I'm gonna go a nine. I feel very strongly about this car now. Highest <laughs> score of the day. <laughs> uh, I, again, because if there's that wow factor, how can you not love the wow factor? 
And for me, this is it for the day so far. Uh, this may be it for the day, even after we look at other cars. But I, I get in terms of functionality uh, or, and, and not so much functionality, but meaning if you're looking for a family car, yeah, this is probably not not your option. You have some decent room, but uh, kids in the back seat, car seats are, are essentially in kind of bucket type seats in the back. Definitely gonna be kicking the seats in front of them and you have a high price range. But in my dream world, that this would be my 9.0 and, and my luxury pick. Oh, listeners, we are now sitting in a Kia Telluride. Kelly just did one of those uh, like virtual driving games in which she was driving the Telluride. And now she's a bit, she's feeling a bit loopy after that. I must have not realized that I was driving a Telluride because I was flooring the pedal. I thought I did fairly well, but I, I did have a few little uh, crashes, but I, I don't think you're supposed to floor it in you, the you, ride. <laughs> you, had, you had a lot of, there was like six laps. You literally crashed on every single lap except the fifth, fifth and the final. But who's keeping track? But no one's keeping track. Nonetheless, we are now sitting in a Kia Telluride. Kelly, I must say, I get a lot of requests about this car. The look on the road has definitely attracted a buyer base that is of middle, higher, middle income salary. I think Kia has done probably a great job over the last 10 years to cater to that demographic, the demographic that's that's probably making a household income of 150 to 200, 250. And it's interesting because there are quite a few people that I know that are driving this car now that's you know, that's roughly their income range. And hence you can see these cars, especially in Southern Orange County as well. Yeah, I didn't have a great, uh, I don't say great concept. I didn't have a negative concept about Kia. I think there was just a certain stigma about, you know, buying a Kia is kind of a, a very, you know, just trying to be more economical and affordable and all of those things, but not necessarily luxury or, uh, you know, otherwise. And Dennis suggested today that, hey, when you look next year, have you considered the Kia Telluride? And I said, I don't even know what that is. Personally, I've never sat in one until today. I've never heard of one. I got in the car and I have to say, I was really impressed. I am impressed. Um, it, there's a ton of space. It's a pretty, pretty big size car. You have second row captain seats. You have third row option with the seats down. You have a large trunk space, seats up. You can hold uh, I guess that would be up to seven passengers. Looking in the front area in terms of center console and the dashboard, a lot of just different functions, uh, kind of nicely and easily laid out. Not like really fancy, but it seems like easy to operate. Uh, unfortunately, the touch screen is not on, so it's hard to tell the, the functionality there. But immediately notice that we have multiple large cup holders. So center <laughs> console has two cup holders, well positioned and then right behind the the the, the console the where you armrest armrest there you go there's another two cup holders that could be accessible by by the uh, passengers in the front seat um you know in this car i don't know if the base model has leather the one we are sitting in is, is likely an upgraded model and has you know the leather features uh, you have a large moonroof, double moonroof, and this one as well that seems to be uh, more more common. The captain's chairs and the double moonroofs seem to be uh, appearing in more of kind of those mid um, uh, mid range family type vehicles. I thought they did a good job designing the car. It's you know the there's complementary colors. The materials that are being used are of higher quality. 
uh, buttons and whatnot feel pretty solid and, and pretty durable. Uh, they have a, they add a luxurious uh, cloth liner supposed to mirror the even more luxurious suede leather, but this is still a cloth. Price range of the Telluride is about 31, 32-ish thousand base price and can get you all the way up to about a $45,000 car. I, again, I've had the chance, I've, I've had some, I've had some people come to me uh, inquiring about this car that I can tell you from a lease perspective that's presuming you get this car at some kind of decent deal, hopefully 500 below MSRP. And again, that's MSRP. If that's even achievable right now, a lot of dealers right now are actually marking up the car for about 5,000, or if they're not doing it, uh, if, they're not, if there's not a markup of 5,000, then they're selling it at sticker. So if you can get this with about 500 to $1,000 off, if you put down about $2,000, 12,000 miles, you could actually lease this car for probably about low 400s, 410 to 440 a month. Unless you're me, in which case I would get it just under 400 to feel really good about it. We'll see. Um, no, I, I would say that I would certainly consider this as an option. My biggest things, because I'm not familiar with Kia, uh, is just kind of um, durability and, and, and kind of the way the car drives. I've never driven one and would just want to know the reliability because you do have a family in the car and the safety. Um, so I don't know, Dennis, I don't know if you have anything more to say about that in terms of kind of safety and durability. Uh, I'm not too familiar. I mean, Kia's, uh, Kia's, their reputation has been much better over the years. And I'm certain that if you were to look at some of the top consumer awards, that the Kia uh, has been scoring much better year after year. And again, I wouldn't be surprised at some point that this Telluride, this is the first model year actually of this Telluride, Kelly. So that's why you haven't seen this car. So this is the first model year for this Telluride. I wouldn't be surprised that in three years time, this will probably start winning some 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 solid and, and good awards. So <clears throat> having said that, Kelly, let's hear your score. All right, so for this car, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with a seven plus. I'm gonna say maybe a 7.2. Uh, again, great in terms of price, size, uh, decent look. You know, you're not in kind of that upper echelon of like, hey, I'm overly impressed by the car. I think it's more I was I, I had lower expectations and I was pleasantly surprised. So I'm, I'm going to go with about a 7.2 uh, on this car. 7.2. So we are back where we started. We are at the Subaru booth. Subaru's booth, first off, Cal, is quite amazing. I remember this actually even at the OC Auto Show that they had a junior varsity version of what is here at the LA Auto, LA Auto Show. If it's not the giant video board, then it's the manner in which they've built out this kind of uh, you know, wooden entryway as if like you're entering a, a national park. Subaru has a big partnership with the National Parks Foundation. Um, and even when we were looking at uh, one of their cars uh, that was displayed uh, up front where the front facing camera projected down to another video board that was on the ground that Sorry. actually had like a koi pond or something. So booth wise, I find 
if I were to give any rating of all the booths, Subaru for me would take the cake in having the best booth display at the LA Auto Show. Yeah, I agree. We walked in and I, I think I've maybe been to an auto show one time many years ago. Uh, so didn't know what to expect. It's obviously nice to walk in on a day where it's mostly, you know, press and media and uh, you know, so you don't have as many people. And so to look across the room as we walked in to the, the booth here for Subaru, uh, at kind of this wilderness, uh, you know, woodsy, and, and even the representatives here who have been super knowledgeable and, and educating us on the cars, or at Dressed least like educating stylish me. Stylish park rangers, Absolutely. like people, what, what, what somebody working at REI would, would wear. Right. So when we started here, I, I've just I've heard some good things from Subaru uh, from a, a good close friend of ours, uh, two close friends of ours, even one who was in a bad accident and the Subaru essentially saved his life. Um, and so we were just talking to the representative here about the safety on these cars, uh, which I think Dennis has always known to be the case I had less familiarity with. Um, and just the way he was explaining kind of in, in the case of an accident, what happens and how the car reacts. Uh, you know, we've, I've looked at the Outback and we're now sitting in the Ascent. The Ascent, uh, and not to be, con this is obviously the Subaru Ascent, but there is also another model out there that takes the Ascent name, and that is the Hyundai Ascent, which I don't actually believe is around anymore, at least in a new car, but used cars, the Hyundai Ascent is a, or is it Accent, Hyundai Accent. Anyhow, Hyundai has a compact sedan. Some it's either name. the Hyundai Ascent or Hyundai Accent, but anyhow, when I heard about that Subaru is offering an Ascent, it immediately made me think of Hyundai's product that's also sharing the same or similar name. Yep, so so if you're gonna go with Subaru uh, because of, of safety and reputation, uh, I would say for a family, there's a, there's a couple good options here. One is the Subaru Outback, which has two rows, kind of a, a mid-size crossover sedan, so you have more of the hatchback. Um, and kind of easy fold down back seats if you're transporting things. You get the roof rails that change direction with the, I, I believe like the push of a button, he said. Um, and a lot of great functionality. That car is really meant to be great for kids and as far as keeping it clean, it's easy to, to clean the material that's inside the vehicle and in the trunk. Um, but then uh, I, I was explaining to the representative here, surprise, surprise listeners, that cup holders are important to me and he said, we have a car with 19 cup holders. And I said, let me see it. She called BS. <laughs> I, right, I, I said, count the cup holders for me. And I think technically there's 20, but he says he's been told to say 19. So we're gonna go with 19. We are in their, their larger model, again, called the, the, the Subaru Ascent. We seven now, passenger. Yep, seven passenger. We're back in a three row with captain's chairs in the middle, which I have decided is my number one priority on my next purchase that if I go with a three row, I absolutely need captain's chairs in the middle rather than the bench seating. Um, you have a large sunroof, uh, a lot of luxuries in this car. And the great part is the base model is around 31 and the top model is at 39. And that's, I'm assuming, selling price, um, your, you know, sticker price, as opposed to you know, what you might actually purchase the car for. And so you can really get a lot of luxury in this car for, I, I would say, a pretty good price. Uh, and all of this, the safety features, the vehicle assist, the backup cameras, the lane assist are all come even in the standard model. What's interesting about this Subaru is I'm consuming this vehicle as we speak is a Subaru doesn't exactly scream luxury. No. Now you do sit in this car and you're like, okay, there's an attempt at luxury. But I almost feel like what Subaru has done is that they're not trying to flaunt luxury because 
There's, there are lots of amenities in this vehicle. Um, if it's some of the things that Kelly's mentioned in, in those safety features like blind spot, the adaptive cruise control. And as you take a look around, I mean, there's ventilated seats also in this, right? But yep. as you take a look around, it's maybe not the most intuitive layout because there are lots of buttons, but they are offering it to you and they're not trying to offer it to you in a user experience either that would make you think that, okay, I'm sitting in perhaps, I don't know, I, maybe I would compare this, let's say to the Kia Telluride where I think there is some luxury in there. And so they've tried to desi design the vehicle to mirror that luxury. Whereas in this car, it's a Subaru, it's meant to be driven. It's meant to be taken on road trips. So they'll give it to you and then you just got to find it, which I don't know, maybe there's almost something like simple about that to me. I think if that was, if your expectation was not luxury, then it's fine. I will say I was underwhelmed by this kind of the, the look and uh, offerings of this, you know, the look of the center console and the dashboard um, that, you know, even the cup holders are not very big uh, in the center console here. Um, but you still have them on the side. You got yeah, three you on the side. Yeah, you have them on the side, which definitely helps. Side um, doors, that is. Um, you know, you have a little bit smaller screen uh, in the middle in terms of backup camera, but I think we've just all gotten used to these really large screens these days because back in the day, they used to be a small square on the rear view mirror to have your backup camera. So this is certainly still a decent size. It's probably a six inch screen or so, um, six, seven inch screen. Hold on, let me see, let me let me measure it. All right, Dennis. I'm using my hand. <sighs> yeah, that's, uh, that's about six inches. All right, so anyway, uh, yeah, again, you don't step into the car and it doesn't scream luxury in terms of the, the amenities there, but I think when you go with vehicle safety and comfortability and uh, kind of all the features, and certainly if you're traveling a lot, going on road trips, you're, uh, you wanna tow any cargo, uh, put any cargo on the roof rack, we don't personally use that, but for families who do, Subaru is, is certainly a great option. And, and again, you can can do the Outback if you want something a little smaller, or move up to the Ascent if you want to, uh, you know, for larger larger families. All right, let's rate. What's the Kelly score on the Subaru Ascent? All right, my rating on this one is going to be an 8.0. I'm gonna 8.0. Solid score. I'm gonna take it up from the Telluride, even though I think I was impressed by sitting in the front seat of the Telluride more than I am of the, the Subaru if I'm going for luxury feel and look. But I would rate safety and all of the other features uh, over that look and feel. And so I, I'd be inclined to rate that at an 8.0 versus the, what I think, 7.2 of the Telluride. Great. Well, Listeners, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Wisco Weekly as we take you around the LA Auto Show. This is the audible tour of the LA Auto Show series. Be sure you check out the two other episodes where you can hear some additional uh, reviews, additional product features uh, about what's going on at this event. As we end every episode, cheers. Prost, lachaim, kipis, nastravi, salut, kampai, mabruk, tutsin, gambe, yamas, nastarovie to the customer experience. Thanks as always for tuning in to this episode of Wisco Weekly. And listeners, if you are looking for some car buying recommendations and specifically if you cannot get some of the answers to your retailing questions, please do visit our website, wiscoweeklypod.com and look to chat with us. Kelly and I are here to answer any of your questions that may help aid in your customer experience. 
You can also follow Wisco Weekly on any popular social media channel and also consider becoming part of our community.